The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Mooney from the Mooniverse, and welcome to the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast. I've taken the very best of what I've learned over the last decade of working in the spiritual industry, and now I'm bringing all the teachings, all the tools, all the resources, and all the stories to you in this podcast, where every week you'll meet a new spiritual entrepreneur who's out there doing what they love. They could be just starting out or finding big success, but I want you to connect to the stories and feel connected to the journey. I'll see you in the podcast. Hey everybody, it's Moody and welcome back to another episode of the Step Into Your Spotlight podcast. And this time around, we're going to be joined by Linda Jennings. And Linda's going to tell us a little bit about who she is and what she's up to. And as a reminder to everyone who's listening, if this is your first episode, this is our chance to share stories from the journey of becoming a spiritual entrepreneur or somebody who's out there sharing their gift and making money doing what they love. So Linda, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. So normally in this podcast, we cover everything. We'll talk about where you've been and we're going to talk about where you're going. But the most exciting part I think that we can talk about is what's in front of you right now. Like what's the thing that you're working on or that you're struggling with or that's kind of unfolding in front of you, however you want to put it. Well, I'm doing a lot of fairs this summer and I'm doing evidential mediumship and psychic uh, work. It's going well. I've just, this is my third year, but this is, this is the year it's like taking off more. I've got a total of 10 fairs this season doing. Wow. So so you put yourself like a solid tour. <laughs> I'm, I'm just putting myself out there. You know, I'm just decided to, to heck with it. Here we go. And I'm going to do it. You know, I think we have that nervousness about putting ourselves out there to be rejected or, you know just trying something, you know, that is kind of life-changing for us, right? Yeah. So are, at this point now, are you a full-time psychic medium or is this still a part-time thing? Are you still working a muggle job? What's that look like for everyone? I'm still working a muggle job and this okay. is my part-time gig. I would like it to become full-time. It's just finding my way, Yeah. you know, how to, I, how to actually do that, you know? And marketing is challenging. Marketing is hard. Where do you invest and where do you spend your time and what is going to be the greatest return for that, you know? And it's a big challenge. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's it's one of those challenges that 
forces you to grow, I think is one of those things where it starts to make you think about your business in a different way. We talk about this a lot on the podcast is that a lot of times when you're a practitioner or even when you, before you've even started, you're dreaming about a schedule that's full to, you know, to the level that you want. But there's this thing that happens once you get that full schedule, you're like, okay, I now I'm calculating whether I'm conscious of it or not. I only have X number of hours in a day or a week or a month, and I'm charging X number of dollars for it. And I'm still stuck in a limit of what I can do versus then transitioning from that area of a business into teaching or doing classes or teaching an online program or doing coaching or anything else where you could make significantly more money. So it's almost like you have to, in a lot of cases, stop in this area of figuring out that connection of time and money enough to be able to break the connection of time and money and move to something else. But let's go back to two years ago before you were doing these fairs and before you were putting yourself out there. What was that experience like? What was what was stopping you? Well, I was just learning, you know, um, this turned on just about, I'd say six years ago for me with a life-changing event, my husband died. And so that just, it, that was the switch. And I met a, my soul family, you know, my tribe, and um, it's just been building. And my mentor, she was great at it. She says, you can do this. Me? No, 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 no. I can't do this. This isn't me. This is you, not me. And so I started taking classes and learning and it was me. And it just, you know, all those voices you had in your head all your life that you thought you were just a little bit off the wall, maybe, or, you know, nobody, you know, it, you found out that it's not me. It's others that are coming in and bringing this information. It's realizing that, you know, that was the big step forward. Yeah. And then, and then it, led to, well, she was going to have a fair. Okay. I'll sit in on it. And it just, you know, it just growing yourself. What was that first fair experience like for you? A little nerve wracking. You know, it was, it was challenging. It's like you sat there and you're thinking to yourself, well, I want people to come to me, but no, I don't, (laughs) you know, (laughs) You talk, know, talk about like mixed messages with energy. Like I want it, but I don't want it. <laughs> Stay away, you know. And but people did come through, and the information came through, and it was just so relevant for them and healing. And and that's what's the motivator. It's it's that all this information that we bring forward is so healing to other people. You know, it's more than just oh a one off, and you're doing this you know, like you said, to do coaching and things. It's leading to that way. For me, that's the feeling. But how do I get there? Yeah, it's like, okay, I've got to jump up this road, get on another road. They're both kind of going in the same direction, but different journeys, you know, and it's just how do we do that? (laughs) Yeah. And how do you how do you trust yourself enough to know which direction to go? And I think that for entrepreneurs of any kind is always a big thing. Like, how do I make the decisions? What do I do? What does it look like? And no one can really tell you exactly what to do because we're not ever going to know all of the circumstances and all the variables and the things that are important to you. So it's hard to like look to somebody else to help you make those decisions over like a long period of time. And so then the focus really comes to how do you learn how to trust yourself to make the decisions and then also live with the consequences of those decisions and not get racked with guilt or the what if or the road untraveled or whatever. I play that game all the time. We all play that game. I think I've just started getting better at 
when I know it's starting to happen that I can stop and say, okay, well, thank you. I don't want to do that right now. You know, to be able to like, just tell myself, no, not, we're not going to do that. I got stuff to do. We're not going to do that. I'll save that for another day. And then a lot of times it'll come up when I'm meditating, weirdly enough, you know, that kind of road untraveled, uh, or did I make the right decision type thing? And, and the thing, I, I guess I have to keep reminding myself that I don't know the long term, like we, none of us know what the long-term result will be. And, you know, 10 years, one year, 10 days, you know, two weeks from now, am I going to be like, oh, thank goodness I made that decision uh, because it would have led me to where I am now versus like this game of kind of in the moment obsessing over it and trying to figure out what's going to be the best one. It's like, sometimes it doesn't even matter. It's like the choice you make is a choice you make and you're just going to have to go down that road and you don't get to know where it ends And so you can make other choices and it can correct. And I don't know, I just believe, I think through all the work that I've done, that no matter what choices and decisions you make, you kind of end up where you were supposed to anyway, for whatever lessons you were supposed to learn. And I know that's like an extreme statement because people can be like, well, what about, you know, you end up in jail or you end up in this, you end up whatever. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm kind of limiting it to entrepreneurship and businesses. But let's say, for example, you went on a journey, you know, you went on a three-year journey to get to where you are now. Somebody else could go on a 10-year journey and still end up in that that place. But whatever they learned throughout that 10 years would have helped them immensely in being the confident, amazing, you know, reader or healer or guide or teacher, whatever that they were meant to be. There's this urgency of like, oh, it's got to be one thing or it's got to be another. And that's not necessarily the case. But anyway, so tell me about, so you had this kind of breakthrough moment of just doing it, right? Of like, okay, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to do it. And it it was a good result. Tell me about that second year, because that's when sometimes things get even harder. Weirdly, when you've done it once and then you're trying to recreate the magic of that first time experience, what was that second year like for you getting out there and doing your thing? It had its ups and downs, you know, and and you realize now I realize that I'm not supposed to connect with every single person. It's not going to happen. It's not me. It was coming through to me, you know, whether it's a relative of theirs or it's, you know, they've called themselves different things to me. They're the multitude for me now. My guides, it takes it. That's what they call themselves in my meditation. But they come through with the messages and sometimes they're not connecting to a certain person. That person isn't, their energy isn't compatible, it feels like, with me at the particular time. And it's going to happen. And I have to realize that I have to trust them and not myself. And Mm -hmm. that gets so much in my head. Because once I get in my head, I'm cooked. I'm done. Right. And you're like, I got to pack up my tent and go home. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. so tell me about if you feel comfortable sharing, like, tell me about one of those moments where it wasn't happening for you and you got to that point. Because I think it's important for everyone to hear this. It's fun to talk about how all the wins, right? But sometimes it's less fun to hear about the struggle, but it's more comforting. So what was one of those kind of low moments for you? And how did that all kind of happen? You know, you're having a really good day and you're doing readings for people and they're just spot on and they're helpful and people are appreciative. And then you get somebody that sits down. It's almost their their energy. It just goes down. You know, it's, it feels like room cools, if that makes sense, you know, and they sit there and they're just like, okay, prove yourself. 
I don't have to prove myself. I've learned that. I always thought that I have to. I think we're big people pleasers. And we're the kind of people that are very sensitive. So you want everybody to be happy. So you do everything in your power to make somebody else happy, to give them what they need. Well, it's a relationship. And they're not putting forward the energy. Mm -hmm. And so I've had people sit down. I can't remember a specific person, but they sit down and they have that just blank face. They don't want to interact. And I don't know if they're not trusting themselves or they're not trusting the situation, whatever it is. And you say things you know that are coming to that are spot on. You know, because you're getting it, not you. They're giving it to you, this information. And you know it's right. No, can't take that. No, don't understand. No, no, you know, and you just get constant no after no, and it beats you down. And you feel like I should just pack up and go home, like you said, you know, and it it ends, you know, and you do, you feel defeated after that. You just feel as if, okay, I've lost my connection. It's not there. And you don't want the next person to come along because you're thinking you can't do this. Right. You know, I'm just a big fraud. You know, it doesn't matter the past experiences. It's the latest experience that has shaped what I believe in myself now. I'm not trusting myself as much anymore. I'm trusting who comes to me. And that's where it's changed. So now when this happens, do you have kind of a script that you use to kind of cancel the reading or to say, hey, look, I'm really not getting anything. Here's your money back. Thanks for thanks for coming you know, good luck with somebody else? Or how, how do you do that part? Because this is important for everyone who's listening that has this issue. If you don't have a script or you don't have a process to get out of it that's rehearsed and practiced, that's something that you should be working on, right? Right. Well, I, I you know, I will say, you know, I know what I'm getting. I believe that when you go home or whatever, you know, you think about this, you're going to get it. I have had, I think only one occasion where the person just, you know, blatantly everything was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I did offer to give money back. They didn't take it because they said, no, that's fine. I got it. You know, but I do say, I'm sorry, I'm not connecting for you. I, I don't think we're compatible, whatever, you know, it isn't say a script, but it's the same kind of thing, depending on the person, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's just that, you know, if, if you want your money back, I'd gladly give it back. I'm sure somebody else here can connect for you. There's a lot of great people, but for whatever reason, we're not, we're not compatible. Yeah. And I think that this is kind of more along the lines of some of the stuff that's been coming up in Dinner and a Mooney and a lot of the other calls is like, there's a reason I put the adjective, adjective, noun, verb at the top of most of these trainings is because I want everybody to really nail down who are you? And who are the types of people you want to work with? Because there are so many other people that you're going to attract, you know what I mean, that are coming in. And if you're not super clear about who you are, they might not be clear about what you can do. And they might show up and it's a total mismatch. And that could be, and I'm sure that happens at the psychic fairs because it's a lot of people just walking around right. and they just kind of jump in wherever. Uh, and so it's a good environment to kind of try out and see where your best hits are. So I'm kind of curious, just kind of thinking back through the catalog of all the readings you've done. Do you know roughly the type of person or the type of reading that you seem to connect really well with? And what do you not connect with? I guess I'm curious about both of those. Um, the ones I don't connect with is people that want to, they don't really know what they want. Mm -hmm. 
they aren't clear with what they want. You know, they just sit down because either they've never done this before, or I had one person, it wasn't an affair, it was in another setting. And she says, oh, I've had a lot of readings, but I've had a lot of frauds. And I couldn't connect with her. I was bringing great information and I knew, I knew, but she refused to take it. Yeah. You know, she, at one point it was, um, she says, well, here, and she handed me a bracelet and said, this is my son's bracelet. Tell me where he is. Oh, really? Right. I immediately got an island began with an H and I said it, she says, no, no, that's not right. Well, it turns out it was another island, Pacific Island with the letter H. <laughs> okay. You don't want to yeah. give anything up. Right. So those kind of people that have a very specific or a very negative vibe to them, I don't connect to people yeah. that I connect the most with are people. And I put it in my, I put it in my statement. You know, I connect most with women who have some kind of life-changing um, event in their life, whether it's a job, whether it's realizing who they really are, whether it's a loss or whatever, and they need direction. They know the direction, but they need the clarification and they need to hear it, you know, from spirit. They need to hear it either from a relative or from a guide or something to know that they're on the right path, or maybe they need to tweak their idea a little bit. They have to have the encouragement. They have to have the hope to keep going on. And those are the people that I resonate most with people that are really wanting something in their life, something different. Yeah. And, and that's more. the beginning part of your marketing strategy is you're really looking for women that are between the ages of, you know, let's say 35 and 65, which is a pretty good spread. And a lot of life can happen in those years. You know, it can whittle down even further. I think it, you're right. It's who have gone through some sort of change and it could have been big T trauma or little T trauma change and they're just lost. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And if you were to narrow it all down just to that, then maybe people who bumped into you online that weren't in that situation would go and find somebody else before ever even encountering you. And it would draw people who are looking for that further in. Now, in the setting of a psychic fair, though, is it hard to kind of put that out there, like in terms of this is the type of reading that I'm looking to do, because it really is just whoever walks up at that point, right? right? But yeah. you realize when you do the fairs that those are mostly the people that are coming. Yeah. It's usually a specific type of person that's coming. I had one last year, the poor person was just so mixed up. This person went to every psychic medium at the fair. Oh my gosh. Every single one and just made the circle looking for answers that this person wanted, you know, to validate their existence. And it was heartbreaking, you know, and I gave something else totally different. He wanted validation for an opinion he had of himself. I didn't get that at all, but I got the truth for him. And I know that. And he had a loved one with him. And the loved one was standing a distance going, yes, yes. (laughs) I clicked immediately, you know, but the poor person was very, very mixed up, you know. Um, But mostly people come that are a certain age group. They're mostly women, you know, and they're looking for some closure or some guidance, someone that can resonate with them Mm. and bring through, you know, different information. I mean, and it's so funny because you have people come to you and you're giving them great information from spirit, from 
you know, all the different directions. And they're just sitting there. Uh-huh. 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 And then one woman said, I says, well, you're going to be moving and you're going to be moving between these two towns. She's like, that's <laughs> what stopped her. You know, that was like, oh my God, how did you know that? You know, out of everything else that I gave her, that was the one piece that was the evidence that she needed to take the whole message. Right. And, and it is, it is like that. Sometimes you need the one hook to like, get it, get, you know, everything else on board. And a lot of times, you know, I, I'm wondering for anyone, this is the question I'm, I'm curious about is for anybody who's thinking about doing a fair, because it's, you know, it's the right time of year. They're usually, I think a lot of them happen in the spring and summertime and sometimes in the fall, depending on when there's good outdoor weather for it, or that's in a bookshop or it's in, you know, some right. sort of other space. There's a lot of different opportunities for it. But what would you tell somebody who's like on the fence about whether or not they should go do a, a, a psychic fair or not? What was what would you wish you could have told yourself three years ago? I think what is helpful is go to some psychic fairs and see the people that are there, the, you know, the practitioners that are setting up a booth and kind of study, okay, they do this, they do that, they bring these kind of materials. So you're prepared, not just mentally, but you're prepared physically with tables and chairs and where you want to put things on your table, you know, and things like that, the practical side of it, so that you're consistent with other people. And you're going to get great ideas from other people of what you need to bring with you. And, it, and when you go to those places, it, it feels comfortable. You feel yeah, comfortable. you're in a bubble of your, of your peers. Yeah. Right. And if that comfort level is good for you and you're feeling excited, you're just going to have to let go of the fear and you're just going to go, let's do this. You know, yeah. I can do this. I can do this. If they can do it, I can do it too. We'll be back with more right after this break. What I'm hearing through all of this is you kind of have to have be prepared and you have to have a plan um, that just kind of showing up and, and saying, well, I'm here, you know, like and, and you might have a bad time. So you might have a great time and you never know. But being prepared is going to help you a lot here. So it's almost like you're a mystery shopper a little bit. Right. So you're going right. in there, you're doing your research, you're saying, OK, well, I really liked this element. I didn't necessarily like that element. I know this is going to be like a maybe a silly question, but how do you choose what you're going to wear? when you're there? Because I know you don't want to go like too woo-woo sometimes, but you need to be a little bit woo-woo and, you know, not under woo-woo. So how do you figure out what you're going to wear? Well, you know, I think that goes because there's a whole gambit of people, mm -hmm. the whole spectrum that people are really woo-woo out there, you know, but that's their personality. It's mm -hmm. not fake, you know? So what I would say, just don't be fake, be your true self. Yeah. If you like to dress up, I know one woman that I really love and she dresses up and she's a vampire, you know, and that's her. I would be that's first in line to go see her. <laughs> she's awesome. And I love her. And I met her last year and she's a great person, but that's her comfort zone. So don't, I would say be in your comfort zone because you're going to be uncomfortable enough. Yeah. Don't try to wear a costume per se, but be genuine to yourself. Good. That's what I would say, you know. And then what types of things do you take with you, for example? Like if we were all mystery shopping with you as you were getting ready for your psychic fair, what are the things that you take with you that help you when you're doing it? Well, I take crystals because crystals are important to me. I do with the elements. Well, my guides came through to me and, and they are, they're very funny. And they said, they tell me different things and I'll say, well, what do you mean? They say, look it up. 
they're like that. It's like having your grandpa, you know, look in the dictionary for something. And they said elemental readings to me last year. And I'm like, what is that? Look it up. I looked it up and now I do elemental readings. So I'm very much into the elements of earth, fire, water, you know, air and things like that. So I bring things that pertain to that. I have a crystal ball that I decorate my table with, you know, then you're going to have to have your signage, look for business cards, you know, get your business cards. Some people have a great big, huge sign. I didn't invest the money in it because they're expensive. So I have a tabletop sign. You got to do your artwork to make it, you know, consistent with who you are, colors that resonate with you and things like that. Um, Tablecloths, you know, you want something that looks, fits the bill, you know. Amazon's a great, great thing to look for tapestries and use them as tablecloths, things like that, you know. And then you want to have some place you want to make a sign on what you're charging. And what most of us do in my area is we have ones printed out on your printer at home and your charge. And you do, you mystery shop, you go around and you check everybody that's already set up. All right, what are you charging for? Because you want to be consistent. You don't want to be so high over or so low either. You know, you want to be consistent with other vendors there. No, that's all. Those are all great points because, you know, again, you are trying to like figure it out. And it may end up being right. It may become that if you are at a fair, and I know we've got some people listening who've had this experience where you become popular at the fair. And so your time is booked out, then it's time for you to raise your price, which is an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of us, but it's a reality. If you're going to the fair and word of mouth is spread and your schedule is packed, it's time to bump it up a little bit. And so there may be a point at which you're, you've been consistently sold out at a fair for year after year after year, and you might be a lot higher than the rest of the pack that's there uh, only because the demand is there for it. So I think don't right. be afraid to, if you do end up after a couple of years or you find that there's a big demand for the type of reading that you're doing, don't be afraid to increase that uh, just to get it to to fit a little bit more. I mean, a thousand bucks a reading might be too much. Uh, <laughs> but again, I think oh, you're right. Knowing kind of the range of what's appropriate inside of the context of a fair, and each fair is going to be different, right? I think right. that that's exactly. the that's the big depending part of it. on the venue. You know, it all depends on what you have to pay to be a vendor at that venue. You've yeah. got to set your price so you can plan on being in the black. You don't want to lose money on these. What the fairs are is they're just a publicity thing so people can learn your name, right? You know, and you need to get out there and spread yourself. So how often would you say, I have several questions now. So let's talk about one thing quickly. So the financial component of it, do you take cash only? Are you doing cards? How are you doing that? What would you, what would you say you're seeing out there at the fairs that people are doing? I prefer cash is what I prefer. And then you have to have petty cash. You have to bring yourself some change. Make sure you do that. I prefer cash. Um, I do like PayPal, um, Venmo and things like that. I know other people that I know they will do. Uh, what's the other one? Um, oh, you swipe the card. Um, oh, square. Square. Yes. But preferably because I'm just getting started and it's my part-time thing. I don't want to incur the taxes, right? You know, and because I'm not a full-fledged business yet, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to file a business taxes, you know, so I want to keep it low right now, mm-hmm. just until I get it built. You know? Yeah. 
to be practical about our finances, right? Yeah. And well, and I think if you've seen any of the other calls, we have this discussion all the time where everybody's situation is different. Everyone's state, everyone's local, everyone's full context of their, like, so I'm not a legal, like financial advisor. You're not a financial advisor. It's, it is at your own discretion as to how you choose to do all of it. Um, and you have to make those decisions that feel right for you, but also follow whatever it is that you need to be doing. So in this situation, public service announcement, you definitely need to go talk to, you know, like a tax professional or a financial advisor to say, okay, well, where do I need to be doing what in this situation so that I'm, you know, I'm okay. And yeah. I think this is, this is a great opportunity for you to like start thinking about that as your business continues to grow. And as things are picking up, since you're doing so many fairs this year, um, so, you know, the other part of this too is when you're doing these, the other, like the, the other question I wanted to ask is how often are you finding that the people you meet at the fairs are turning into regular clients? I've had a few. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of repeat business. I have had a few, but I don't want people right after a reading to come get another reading. You know what I mean? I've had friends that they want to come back every two weeks or whatever, and they don't want them to, you know, because it becomes it's too needy. It's like, you're not being legitimate. And I don't know, you know, the word it's just there. It's too much. You don't want to be doing too many readings for one person. Yeah. It's too entwined. So there should be like a little bit of space. Are you collecting their email addresses so that you can communicate with them when you've got a sale or you got openings or anything like that? Yes, I do do that, but I've got to get, that's something I've got to concentrate on is getting a newsletter going and making a, making a mailing list and things like that. I haven't done that. Life is rather busy between trying to do this and my full-time job and taking care of my everyday life, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and stuff, it gets really hectic. It's a lot to balance, you know, and I know I have to do this, but, you know, I think I'm my own worst enemy because I do procrastinate. You know, we're all guilty of that human uh, pattern. But I'm I'm also wondering, you know, in the do you do you do online readings, right? You have that whole thing set up. So how many hours have you determined kind of per week are you making available for the in-person or excuse me, for the online readings? Like what what's the most you think you can squeeze in? Maybe three. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's good to know. I think that's like a again, these conversations are so illuminating because there's this pressure, I think, on a lot of people's shoulders that's made up that you've got to be doing 25 readings a week and you've got to be doing this and you've got to be hitting this number and it's got to be consistent. It could be totally fine and totally validating and totally healthy and fulfilling, and then doing a couple of fairs during the season. Yeah. Uh, and I I think this is like that that breath of fresh air to say you don't have to be running around like a, you know, an, with totally off. ungrounded energy, which isn't going to support you in the work that you're doing anyway, and running yourself into the ground energetically by, you know, packing up and, and setting up and packing up and setting up and packing up and running all over the place and driving, you know, five states away. How far is your furthest fare from where you live? The farthest I'm going to go is an hour and a half. That's and it. is that like a boundary you decided ahead of time or yes. was that just geographically worked out no, that way? That's, that's yeah. a boundary I set up for myself. I have yeah. responsibilities at my home and it makes it very difficult to do any farther. You know, the costs are outweighing the benefits, you know what I mean? And so it, and, and it's this delicate, I don't want to do fairs for the rest of my life, but this is like what I'm doing to make my business grow right now. Right. Um, then as it grows, 
I'm hoping that, you know, I'll do less fairs because some of the fairs are outdoors. So you have to have a tent and, you know, and lugging all this stuff. And you might have to go upstairs if you're in, in a place and you're lugging a table and chairs and the whole nine yards. It gets to be a little bit, a lot, you know, a little bit, yeah. a lot, you know, so it's, it's a lot to do. And then, you know, not all fairs are the greatest successes either, you know. It's worth trying. I think that's the, the, the trial and error of it. Uh, is important, I think, for everyone to experience the ups and downs of it so that they can get used to that and and be curious about what that process is going to look like for them. I totally get you about the physical aspect of it because not everybody can physically carry stuff up and down a flight of stairs. So those are things that you have to, again, be curious about in the process of figuring out, is this the right fare for me? How did you research the fares? Like what process or how did you do that to figure out, okay, I want to do this one. I don't want to do this one. I want to do this one. I don't want to do this one. What's your criteria? Whether it's location or, you know, I, I don't know. You just, there's not a ton of them. There's more and more coming in my area, but mm-hmm. this area is kind of slower to get into the, you know, that we're kind of backwater kind of deal, you know? So it's kind of growing now and yeah. it's becoming more mainstream where it wasn't before. So we don't have a, whole lot to go to, I would say, but we do have several coming up. And another criteria I have is, you know, a lot of my friends are going to do these, you know, so it's always nice to have someone, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, everybody I've ever run into at a fair, they're always great. You know, I think it's the people in this kind of business per se, they have a certain energy, you know, whether they're there as a vendor selling crystals or, you know, they're another medium. It's there, you know, it's very accepting is what I mm-hmm. find. You know, you go to a lot of places and people don't accept you if you're different. The, these things, everybody, there's no, nobody putting you down for being different. You know, right. it, it's praised, you know, you do that. Oh, I've never heard of it, you know, and it's, and it's just validating, right? You Good. know. So. Yeah. And, and that's another message I'd love everyone to take away from this conversation is if you've been afraid of doing a fair, if you've been thinking about doing one, in most cases, you will be welcomed with open arms, that people will be excited to meet you and to learn about what you do and talk about what your experiences have been and share their experiences. So it does feel like coming home a little bit uh, if you don't have that community kind of regularly in your life. I can attest to that. I just went to a book signing for some friends of mine. Uh, and I, you know, still in upstate New York, I'm like, oh, is there a spiritual community here? And not only did I get the answer resoundingly yes, but that it's everywhere. And I just wasn't looking in the right places. So I think that there's a little bit of a reality shift once you're plugged in and connected. And, and I had to be, I have to be careful how I say it. Cause I'm like, oh, I just figured there's nobody here. And they're like, no, we've been here the whole time. The fact that you were looking in the wrong place doesn't invalidate that we were here. <laughs> so I always have to be like very, a little deferential uh, and, and be careful how I say it. Uh, but it is, I, it is a growing, I mean, you know, this just from what you're seeing, it is a growing industry. It is a growing interest. Uh, more people now are following and looking and searching for answers outside of the places they were looking before. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that creates the opportunity for more healing and more communication and more releasing the things that are str- people are struggling with and kind of opening up and creating space for new ways of thinking and being and doing, which it sounds like and seems like we desperately need. I'm so grateful that we're talking about this because I think this is the concept of taking what you're doing at home 
behind your computer or in a space or, you know, very rarely and changing the nature of it so that you're out there in front of people in a community, doing it, being seen, taking up space, you know, like getting to express yourself in this way, whether it's through decor or signage or, you know, the types of readings that you're doing uh, and just physically being there. This is all such a great opportunity for anyone who's listening to step out into that spotlight. That's what this whole podcast is about. Any final thoughts, anything that you'd like to say to encourage people to take this big step uh, or any anything that you can add that would be helpful for people? Well, I think most people that are listening that haven't taken the step, they really want to and they have the strong desire to. But their ego, you know, their their feeling of, you know, not being enough to do this, you are and you can do it and just and just try, you know. And my favorite saying is do it afraid. And Mm -hmm. that's what I kind of live by. Just do it afraid. You know, and that's what I do. It's like, okay, I'm just going to step out and do it, you know, and I do. And yes, you run into negative people at times, but the majority of people you're going to run into are just wonderful. And you're just going to, and it's going to pick you up and you're going to say, I did that and I can do it again. If you have the desire to do it, you really need to trust your instincts. That's great. Thank you for that. And I'll leave you with this one thought is, you know, anyone who's listening or, and also for you, you know, if there's not a psychic fair happening around you and you're looking around and there doesn't seem like there's anybody that's willing to do it, the answer might be you need to do it. Uh, and and so I would encourage anyone who's listening that that is looking for this type of experience and the only closest one's like six hours away. That means that there's a, a an opportunity for you to reach out to a space or a bookstore or a spiritual center or a, I think there's lots of like community centers, sometimes even libraries will do it and start going in grassroots advertising. And this is one of those moments that I talk about all the time where it's awesome to be doing things online and absolutely post on like Craigslist or any of the message boards or anything that, you know, check, you know, check in with me or call me or email me if you're interested in in getting a booth, but this is also going to coffee shops and to libraries and massage places and yoga places and just dropping off flyers. Um, and it's it's old school grassroots campaigning sometimes to get people in a specific community to be aware or to raise awareness about something. And that's a photocopier and you know a word doc with a couple, you know, some scissors slices in it with phone numbers or emails for you to be able to start collecting and building. And sometimes that's the part that you have to do. It's not glamorous, but you just got to do it. And it starts to create a little bit of a, of a movement. And maybe, maybe one of those bookstores will actually want to co-host it with you, right. you know, so it's, you have more reach because they have clientele and things. So that's, you know, if you find your niche of people, I think, you know, you can do it together if you're mm-hmm. too nervous to do it alone or just feel as if it's overwhelming. Absolutely. Linda, thank you so much for sharing this. This has been an awesome conversation. I hope illuminating for everyone who's listening, who's been on the fence and who's curious about doing this because it is an amazing way to just crack your gifts wide open and start really learning who you are, who you can support, you know, what kind of effect and what kind of help and and guidance you can create for other people out there that are searching for answers and uh, really validate you and your experiences and also not do it alone. I think that's the biggest part for me. All right, Linda, thank you so much. And for everybody listening, we'll see you next time. Linda, where can we find out more information and where can people book a reading with you? I have 
lindaj.org is my website. And I am Linda J Psychic Medium on Facebook. Awesome. So Linda J Psychic Medium or lindaj.org. Uh, and you can find out more information about booking a reading with Linda. And Linda, I think you might have some readings come through where they're like, I don't want a reading. Just tell me how to get to my first psychic fair. <laughs> That's okay. I like to help people. That's okay. why I'm here. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast with me, the Mooniverse, and another spiritual entrepreneur that's making a big difference in the world. To find out more, visit www.themooniverse.com. That's T-H-E-M-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.